Greetings and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO of the Sokova, a company that partners with nonprofits and mission-based organizations on strategy, governance, and visioning. And it's my pleasure to have with me today the one and only Mr. Mike Moss, CAE. As an association professional since 1992, Mike has served in multiple organizations with responsibilities in membership, strategy, operations, and certification. As an avid gardener, he enjoys spending as much time as possible outside with his family and their ridiculously cool dog, Annie, the only one that got a name mentioned, just pointing it out. Mike, we're so happy to have you with us. Thanks, Lowell. It's really cool to be here. And uh, yes, I will challenge anyone on the coolness of my dog. Um, she's been a very important part of our life. Well, I think I've heard similar comments from many, especially during these times of COVID about the warmth and affection of their pets. Uh, but as much as Annie may be wonderful, it's not her superpower that we are interested in at this moment. We uh, asked you here because uh, with your uh, long and esteemed uh, career so far and many, much, many, many, many more years to go, of course, being a rock star means that you've had success, you've shown strength. And so the question we like to start with is uh, one of strength. As you think about those that you have, what is one of your superpowers? What's a skill that has helped you shine in the association world? Yeah, thanks. Well, it's, a, it's actually a really hard question because um, I'm a systems thinker, but the systems thinker isn't the superpower. It's what becomes of that, which is being the aggregator. And I've said many times to, to many of the folks I've worked with, I will be the first to admit, I've never had an original idea in my entire career. But what I like to think I can do is take a lot of good ideas from both inside our industry and out and take that systems aggregator approach. And the aggregator power comes from starting with people is we know our mission. We know our values. Maybe we're working on the mission, maybe working on the values. But either way, it starts with your people and the systems that we aggregate around them are people systems. And so I think aggregating talent uh, for what's required for not just the current strategic plan, but the next two is something that I take great pride in and really work very hard at trying to maintain uh, whatever that can do for the organization is that if that's the strength I bring, that's where I focus my time. So as an aggregator, do you find that that's a skill you've developed over time? Was there like a fledgling aggregator uh, before you were CEO? Like how, how did that grow? I, I actually, that's a great question. I actually started off as my own nemesis. Right. Mm -hmm. So for every superpower, there's an exact opposite. And your nemesis in the, you know, as a comic book person, we all know that. Yeah. So the nemesis was the over explainer because I would get so impassioned about system X or system Y and why it was going to work. And it's not just the technology, it was the PPT. So the people, the process, the tech. And I would spend so much time explaining that that I, I missed the opposite, which was start with the people and then take a step back. So that, that learning to listen piece, uh, I think, was one big piece of my journey where my own enthusiasm, I think, is a strength. And it's also my own nemesis because I get so excited about the work we do that I can maybe go too far, get out ahead of my skis. And then while that may be interesting to folks, it's not helping them bring their work forward or bring their passions forward. So I think the temperament of that enthusiast and that that aggregator of oh my god i read five great books here's what we're going to do but really saying i read five great books went to five great conferences here's a thread what do you think and then taking a step back has been a much more uh, successful piece of system integration over the last half of my career how have you found that asking questions and listening 
has actually uh, helped you discover others' insights and passions so that you could aggregate them and make your own more powerful. Well, and I, that, I think the piece of that that's most important is the work that we're all really mindful of now in DEI is that in order to really have that durable system that will take on the changes that the world brings your organization or throws it to your organization as we're all experiencing, having the diversity of thought, of experience, of um, all the different facets that a person can bring to the table that may have zero or zippity doodah to do with their resume. Right. But we get so focused on that talent generation from the skills and the revenue that you'll generate or the skills and the services you will provide and how we capture that in a CV that that's important. But what's also more important is to ask a couple questions along the way of why are you an avid gardener? What does that bring you? Hmm. And realizing that that avid, that's where I find peace to actually assimilate all the ideas for the day. I don't actually have time to do that at work because of all the good things we have to do at work. And so all of us have those moments of whether it's going to a concert, it's a bike ride, it's um, travel, whatever those things are, asking more questions about the holistic person and how they approach these same problems has been much more successful than just saying, this is the influencer model, this is how we're going to do it, this is how they did it at Apple, therefore it will work. And there's pieces of all that that will work, but not if you don't ask and listen to the real holistic piece of why are you at the table? You have a role. Right. And every single person brings a superpower, whether they know it or not. Every single person has a superpower. Do, uh, do you find as you reflect back on your own career journey and uh, the times that you have interviewed for new positions uh, that you were uh, successfully queried about your superpower if everyone has one? And how, I, have, you, I, how have you changed that in SCUP? Uh, no, I was not, no. And how I've changed that at SCUP is that... Um, I don't start any interview with worrying about your CV or your resume. You wouldn't have gotten through first pass with HR if you had not had any of those relevancy things. But what I'm also trying to do better, I don't think we've gotten there yet, is that as we get ready to do our next round of talent development here at the organization over the next couple of years, is we really have created a system of vetting that is exclusive. And it needs to be inclusive. And so we need to really take a hard look at ourselves. And if we want to discover people's superpowers, don't box them into a set of requirements that then get you to the next piece of the interview. Ask those questions up front about, you know, are they service minded and why? What is it you want to, why did you apply? Why would you even be interested in us? As opposed to waiting until we've cut that down to 10 resumes based on work experience. How can we ask that better set of questions up front? So I would say it's a work in progress here at SCUP, but being really mindful of, do all service roles here at any level, do they actually require that traditional set of educational experiences or can't we not be more open to experiences in general, which would include some educational experiences, some life experiences, or really being open to just a completely different mindset to how we accomplish our mission. I, uh, I feel like within reaching this moment and you know, having this conversation, there were formative, formative experiences along the way where that did not happen for you, or you did not see that in other examples. Do you think the general trend towards being more focused on the person and not just the paper that is their list of efforts and accomplishments is something that's a growing trend or is it something that we're still fighting against? Man, I, I hope so. And, and I have a small N yet, so I don't know if it's a trend yet. But in, in the mastermind groups and community affiliations that I have, it's an active conversation at all levels of, of people's service. So I got to think it's going to become the trend. I hope. And it doesn't mean um, that certain things shouldn't be followed from traditional practices. Traditions are awesome, but they don't have to be your legacies. 
So really being mindful of, is this a legacy hiring practice? And if so, why? And what can be a more traditional path moving forward? Not just to hit any sort of compliance requirements as it relates to, to the D and the E and the I. That I, Awesome. Please do that. But do it with a mindfulness that I think we all are espousing. And I think it's coming from the upcoming workforce. Hmm. So um, gray hairs like myself may not always be in charge, right? And we shouldn't be. And I do think there's an opportunity for us to really take a listen to the experiences of, of the folks younger than us and the experience of those of us with, you know, some years on us still, that aggregate, there's that aggregator, right? That aggregate yeah. conversation is the answer. And it will be different for every association. I think the way that we serve at SCUP shouldn't necessarily be a model for any other association other than find what's interesting and apply it to you and your values. Have you seen any organizations that are doing a really good job at aggregating those multi-generational voices in a way that's leading to greater perspective or knowledge? I have, and I've seen it more though. Um, and again, it's a small end. Um, I haven't got my universe large enough yet, but I've seen it more in the community side than I have in the board level side. So I do think governance might be laggard to some of this, not because it's wrong, but because it's just laggard. But in the community forums, uh, places where I volunteer or otherwise join, those community conversations are becoming really impassioned and energetic and forward thinking towards how can we continue to make this amazing group amazing for generations to come? And it will have to come with change. And I think that's where the aggregator role is so fun and why I have such a stupid enthusiasm for it is that you're not just aggregating to make this fiscal year happen. You're aggregating for fiscal years that haven't been imagined yet. And that's mm. what I think is most important about the work we do is we're actually, we absolutely will provide you the best service we can as a member this year and for every year that we can, but we're really thinking through what the next five to 10 look like so that we not only serve you, but we serve those you serve and we continue to move the mission forward. This is the second or third time that you've mentioned some prognostications, two or three strategic plans out to five years ahead. Uh, this ability for foresight, this uh, dedication to it, something you've always had? How do you leverage it? How do you bring others to it? I, I think it, you defined it better than I would admit to having. Um, but I think it, the way that it developed was that I was never satisfied with the system at hand. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to know, because what is there, like 10 million books written a year on strategy, right? So as a strategy-aholic, you read as many as you can. And out of that, you're always looking a little bit differently at the one you have versus the one that someone advocates versus the one someone dreams. And I think over time, it just becomes part of your in, in, internal Q&A is, is this good enough? Is this the yeah. right one? Is this serving people, mission, budget, and all the things that we're held accountable to? So I think I learned it along the way. I don't think it was inherently part of who I am. I also think it's something that uh, I will never be satisfied with, which is also, I think, the burden of the lifelong learner that most of us in our field share is that it's not a, even a satisfaction thing. It's like a yearning to do more, to do better, to do to do whatever that requires, yeah. fill in the blank. I, I, I echo that yearning to help uh, our associations make impact. Uh, as you work with volunteers, or you are a volunteer as you work with them, do you see this uh, look ahead, this look forward, this trying to make sense out of uh, an unknown future? How do people get better at that? How do you get better at that? Well, the last 18 months have challenged all of us to feel like that's the right thing to do because we, we have a lot of survival needs right now. It's not even Absolutely. a, I mean, it's a survival need, but I think that's where we've learned to also look forward is um, people like myself can advocate all day long. Hey, where's your contingency plan? Hey, where's your scenario plans? Well, right now I just need to make it 
through and keep my staff employed and keep my, my friends employed and keep my neighborhood um, healthy, you know, those things took immediacy. So being able to do the foresight felt like it needed to take a time out when in actuality, it was informing all the things that you would do in your foresight moving forward. So having one or two champions in your office, and these are champions, these are not titles, right? That's the other piece that I think the aggregator role brings is that it's, if it's just the senior titles, you've, you've already sold yourself short. Bring in the experiences uh, and bring in those, those thoughts to aggregate your foresight. And then as senior folks, we're often held accountable to the board as we should be for making those things actually happen. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question very well, but I do think it's, it's that holistic approach that like the holacracy approach to strategy is foresight. Yeah. As a, in a champion model, is there anything that you are not a champion of yet that you want to be a champion of someday? Wow, man, that's awesome. Yes. Um, I think where I have not yet done my best work is convincing people who don't have the title that they're a leader. Mm. And I think I need, I, I, I am being very, I here. I am very much want that to be uh, what I can accomplish before I retire or go off and do something else or, you know, head off to Mars with whoever. I want to make sure that people know that from the minute they're hired, you have a leadership opportunity. You are a leader. You have a superpower or you wouldn't be here in the first place. And I want to make sure that that becomes part of the um, call it HR, call it talent development, call it whatever. But that is an inherent responsibility of all organizations to make those folks feel welcomed as a leader, a thinker, a foresighter, and a doer all at the same time Yeah, from the day you show up. That, that was a very good answer. Uh, I'm going to correlate it back to the, uh, what I think you framed as a burden, but I'll say is a piece of inspiration of lifelong learning. I mean, for someone who clearly uh, is reading 10,000, used to read 10,000 books a year on strategy. Uh, I mean, where are, you, where are you continuing to grow and develop, right? As a lifelong learner, what do you find is not filling the hours but actually meaningful learning in this world today? Um. Another good question. You're, you're very good at this little, um, actually reading outside my field of comfort. So uh, as someone approaching their 30th anniversary in nonprofit management, um, while I always find that inspiring, I feel comfortable picking up those books. I feel comfortable maybe understanding where it might head before I get to the fifth chapter. I, I f I'm really challenging myself to learn more about the decisions that industries far from my own of how are they tackling their big problems? And of course, we all have a universal problems that we share, whether it's pandemic or climate change. And, you know, there are global things that all of us should be, you know, maybe attuned to. But how specifically some of those other industries are tackling the same type of either global or local challenges, I think, is where I, I spend a lot of my time now is. And then, of course, reverse engineer it into how, how might that impact our nonprofit mission, our uh, greater good service because it's all there, right? All those right. systems are working together where we want them to or not, but they're also often working against each other for reasons that are solvable. And how can we you know, really study those and bring them together, I think is an interesting uh, strategy type thinking. You know, I I'm, I'm want to ask from your, uh, the years you've had so far uh, at this point in your career experience, uh, I know that in the conversations we have, you've you've spoken frequently about others that you've learned from that have mentored you. And I wonder if there's any, as you look forward, any models there, uh, either individual examples that you would have of amazing mentors you've had, or what the model of mentoring others, of uh, helping strengthen others, needs to look like going forward. 
Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. Um, there's also something I've learned along the way, which is, you know, there's people who mentored me and they didn't know they were doing it uh, because I was either embarrassed or shy or didn't feel comfortable saying, oh, my gosh, tell me more. Teach me, teach me. And I felt either like I was being a burden to them and or whatever. And, and I would say, don't do that. Um, let people know that you find what they do interesting and, and you'll be amazed what they'll share beyond just that core competency. That's when you learn out why, learn why they're an avid gardener or whatever. You find their superpowers because you get outside the role, you get into the person. And I often was very hesitant to do that because I was just nervous. Um, I would say some of the people I've learned from best don't even know they taught me. And, and I would apply that most specifically here in current times to SCUP is that's when um, we, we helped, we spent years working on our culture. We will always continue to work on our culture. But as our culture here has evolved, my job as president was to be the champion, not to be the dictator of how this was going to work. And along the way, uh, some of the staff here that we I've been fortunate just to work with have really taught me how to be a leader without knowing they were teaching me how to be a leader because they would ask the, the hard question in open company. They felt comfortable to challenge things that in the past may have felt like a mandate. Instead, they realized it was just an idea. And I think being able to be one of the things we generally have on our whiteboards is be bold, you know, be brave, get to work and, you know, ask those hard questions, but do it respectfully. Don't be afraid to ask the hard question. And I think that's what I've learned in the mentoring involvement is I would ask a few harder questions along the way. Maybe I could have had some expedited learning, maybe not, but I didn't ask because I just, I didn't. Be bold, be brave, ask those questions, do just be respectful and you'll be amazed at what you learn. And I think that's what I see mentoring as, is the ability to feel comfortable to ask a question. Well, I think it, uh, it says quite a lot that you build a culture there, uh, that your answer about mentorship are those that work with you, alongside you at SCUP, uh, and where they're encouraged to ask difficult questions. Yeah. Time goes by uh, quickly in these conversations. And so let me ask just one more question before we wrap up uh, far, 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 far in the future. Uh, as you are reflecting on the career you've had, the impact you've been able to make in the association sector, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind uh, when, when that time comes and you get to garden every day with Annie without care? Um, I think, and I kind of referred to it earlier, I think there's legacy and there's traditions. And what I would hope that my legacy is, is that every legacy can be challenged with new traditions. And that um, I would never diminish someone's memory from the 50 year old scup versus the five year old scup versus the come to be scup because it mattered to them for reasons that matter to them. But how we evolve those legacies into traditions through absolutely holacracy vision of leadership. I would love for that to be the tradition that I'm known for that where I worked, we developed leaders from the minute they showed up to the minute they left to serve somewhere else. They had a leadership role to build the traditions for mission values and, and the organization service. And that that was just a normal cadence of business. That was not some magical cultural moment. It's just how business gets done. I think that yeah. would be a wonderful thing to be thought about. Well, that sounds like a wonderful place to reflect upon and sounds like you're already planting the seeds. Uh, I hope so. And I appreciate the questions. Well, these are great. And, um, I love what I do. I can't imagine not doing it. Um, and I know our community shares that. So my optimism for the association management field has never been higher coming off of the challenges of the last 18 months, because the type of conversation you just have with me is what I have regularly with many people. And I know that the duty of care and greater good is, is increasing, not decreasing. And I look forward to see what our industry does. 
I look forward to being along for that journey with you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. Yeah, thank you very much. And thanks to Amy, who's been chatting with you uh, in the background on the side there as we've been having the live conversation. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. As always, we are a community together and look forward to building greater strength. If you know someone else who should be on, uh, please do send in the recommendation so we can highlight them as a next rock star. And until next time, Association Rock. Mm -hmm.